Oh Lord, uh, this time let's not go to the Lord, let's go to the Bible. Go to the Bible and uh, turn with me to Mark 5, if you would. I tell you, turn with me to uh, Math, uh, yeah, Mark 5, and then, uh, then I want you to turn back to Matthew 8. You're going to see something kind of odd here in a minute, and uh, I want to warn you. We'll get to this. You know, I'm having... I'm having so much fun preaching these helpless messages. A helpless preacher preaching helpless messages. That's fun. But let's all stand, if you would, as we honor God's word by standing. And uh, turn with me to the uh, fifth chapter of Mark, see if you found it. And I want to read um, some verses here. And I want you to listen closely now because we're going to run into something here that's, that you're going to wonder. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee to thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, um, I'm sorry, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. You know, he was, he'd, he'd had these demons for so long that he, that he thought they were, that they were really a part of him. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there, nigh unto the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. Now, if you've ever done a study of demons, demons have to have something to, to possess or they don't exist. And, and, and that's the reason. Uh, I, I started a study several years ago on demons, and uh, things started getting so bad that I guess the devil, uh, I had to stop because of things started happening. But anyway, these demons have to have some place to possess, and, and, and they'll find a place. So they wanted, these demons wanted to go and into the herd of, uh, of hogs that were feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. 
And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and and the unclean spirit went went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two uh, thousand and and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and, and, and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They'd never seen him like this. And they that saw it told them uh, how it befell to him that it was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. How bid Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis, Decapolis uh, how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Now turn back with me to the book of Matthew, the 8th chapter. Book of Matthew, the 8th chapter. And um, we're going to begin reading in the 18th, 18th verse. And I'll, hold on a minute. 28th verse. <clears throat> said uh, the 28th verse uh, got a page here stuck together huh. the 28th verse and uh, he says that when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gadarenes there met him two now, wait now. There met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? And thou come hither to torment us before our time? And there was a good way off, from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the, uh, to the possessed of the devils. Befallen to the one that's possessed of the devils, what are you talking about? And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for watching over us, taking care of us. 
Thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for uh, uh, the soul that came this morning, Lord, and uh, and uh, and realized, you know, that she had some she had sin, and and she wanted to ask a church to forgive her for it, because she sinned against the Lord's church. And Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit if it be you will to bless her. Lord, I thank you for everything. I thank you, Lord, for the, your word. Lord, I thank you for at least being able to see most of it. Lord, I just pray that you'll help my eyes and that I'll be able to see better uh, in, even in the future. Lord, go with us and watch over us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, I titled this message, Helpless Maniacs. Now, what did you see in that? One account says there was one, other account says there was two. Does that give you a problem? One account says there was only one, and the other account says there were two. Does that give you a problem? It would, it would if you were somebody that pulled verses out of the context. That would give you a problem. Because you go pull a verse out of context and and says that there was only one and 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 then somebody comes along and says, Well, there's a verse says there were two. So that'd give you a problem. But not not if you understand why Matthew said there were or Mark said there were two, and Matthew said there was one. Reason being, now you have to understand that there were 54 translators who translated the Bible, 54 of them. Now think about that for just a moment. They wasn't just one person did the translation. What they did is they gave a portion of the manuscripts to this one, a portion of the manuscripts to this one, a portion of the manuscripts to this one, and a portion of the manuscripts to that one until they got 54 of them. They had all the manuscripts. And um, secondly, the manuscripts were not always in Greek. Some of them, some of them were in uh, um, the Assyrian language. Some, some, some of them, some of them was in. Uh, uh, diff- they were in different languages, and um, so when uh, when they went to translate the scripture, there's a thing that's called uh, um, it, it, it's it's called not translation, but it's called uh, it's called translation, which means that uh, they had to figure out from the context what it meant and so one of the um, one of one of the, the one of the one of them when they came to Matthew there then the best that he could get out in transliteration best he could get out of the transliteration was that the, that they said there was two of them now we don't know what what language he was reading from but we do know that the same word, the same word in 
the other languages was the same word that's in the Greek languages, and it was translated differently. And that's that's the reason you'll find, especially numbers, um, the original language uh, didn't have many numbers in it. They they didn't they didn't use numbers to that much, and um, and when they when they would get to numbers now if you go back to the Old Testament there's one part of the Old Testament that said there was so many thousand that woke up dead, another part of the Old Testament says there were so many thousand which was a different number woke up dead, and some people take those things and they just reject the Bible completely because of that and that's the reason. I wanted to bring that out concerning uh, what what's happened here and what has happened here. I, I really don't know what's happened here, but I do know that that was a case uh, of which uh, they spoke about as far as the translation or transliteration of the Word of God. They they didn't always translate the Word of God. It was what's called transliteration, and what they did is they went back and they took it by the context rather than rather than the uh, word for word. Now, some of them translated word for word. Some of them didn't. Some of them, some of them did a, what's called a transliteration. And, and they did it with, a, they did it with a, whatever the context called for. And evidently, someone thought the context here called for two instead of one or the other one saw that the context called for one instead of two. And so there's no there's no one, no one anywhere that knows exactly whether there's one or two. But it doesn't make any difference. I want you to understand that. that don't, don't let something like that stop you as far as the Word of God is concerned. You know, if you're one of these people that pulls Scripture out of context... They're, they're, you're, going, you're going to lose confidence in the Word of God when you do that. That's the reason I warn against it. I warn against taking verses out of context and using them. I've heard it done right here in this pulpit uh, during our Bible conference. I've heard some preachers go over, take something out of context that that uh, that didn't mean exactly what they thought it meant to, to the message that they were preaching. And you got to be careful about that because... Uh, you don't do the Bible like it. As I've said before, Brother Ed wrote a, pa- a, a pamphlet on how to study the Bible. And, and Brother Ed brings that same thing out that I told you in that pamphlet. He brings the same thing out about the difference in translation and transliteration. And, and there was a difference. Now, the way the original context, the Bible doesn't know where... Do we teach? Nowhere do I teach. Nowhere do any preacher I know of teach that there's not some mistakes in the King James. No one does. But let me tell you, folks, in the original plenary of the Scriptures, there are no mistakes. What is the original plenary of the Scriptures? That's exactly the way they were, exactly the way that they were uh, given by God. They were inspired of God. That's the plenary of the scriptures. When the Bible says all scriptures given by trans, by the inspiration of God, that's not necessarily talking about the King James. That's talking about the plenary of scriptures. 
all the scriptures that was given. I, I, I don't want to confuse you with this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it as, as clear as I can. All the scripture that was God inspired, which was for the plenary of the scriptures, all of that scripture, there's no mistakes in it. So, you know, and furthermore than that, no one has the complete plenary of the scriptures. That's why a lot of people, a lot, lot of these quote unquote, these anti-Bible scholars, you know, they'll go back and, and the first thing they'll say is, well, nobody knows what the original scriptures were because they don't have all of them. And they don't have all of them. They, the ones that they have, the last ones that they found, they found them on the shores of the Dead Sea. That's why they're called the Dead Sea Scrolls. They found them on the shores of the Dead Sea. And as a result of that, this is, this filled in some of the void that they had for some of the original scriptures. So, I, I don't, I don't expect you to go out and explain that to anybody. And I don't expect this to stop you from believing what I'm about to preach to you now. Because I, I, I did on, I, I did that on purpose. I used that on purpose. I, I may could have just read the one one and went with that. And, and not read the other, but I, I wanted to be, be sure and explain that to you. But it doesn't take anything away from these maniacs being helpless. These maniacs, it doesn't make any difference if there was, if there was two, if there was one, or if there was three. Uh, uh, Matthew, I believe it's, uh, Matthew and, or Mark and Luke says there was only one. Matthew says there were two. So, that doesn't take away from the fact of their helplessness. It doesn't make any difference if two of them came meeting Jesus or if one of them came meeting Jesus. The results is the same. Jesus, Jesus never, never spoke of, of them. Jesus never spoke of them either, either one and whether there's one or two. Jesus just, Jesus, what did Jesus speak to? He spoke to thousands and thousands. Legions of angels, of, of, of evil spirits. That's what Jesus spoke to. He spoke to the evil spirits. He spoke to the demons. And I want to tell you, folks, this, this is something that you need to realize. It, it was a terrible thing. And we're going to talk about something a little later on. But it's a terrible thing to be possessed by the devil. That's what, that's what Paul warned Timothy of. When Paul warned Timothy, Brother Sammy West, or not Brother Sammy West, um, anyway, this last conference, I'm trying to remember who it was. But anyway, they used the text that I, that I intended on them to use in the message that I assigned them. And that's where Paul says to, told Timothy, said, said, if you see a man that's possessed with the devil, said, try to put him back on the right track. Because the devil can do whatever he wants to with someone once he gets in them and gets a hold of them. Make them saved or lost. He can do whatever he wants to. Once he, once God led him into Job's life, he done everything that he could except what God told him he couldn't do. 
He did everything he could. That's what he's going to do. That's what he does to your life. That's what he would do to my life. That's what he would do to all of us. That's what he'd do to any loss. If, you know, if you had children, there was a lady up in Kentucky swore up and down that her child had demons. And they came to church. They came to Calvary. And every time, every time that child would sit back there, Rhonda knows who I'm talking about, that child was sit back there, and he and he was as quiet as quiet could be. But just as soon as we sung that last song, he'd just start screaming out, start going on, and he would disturb the whole church. And she would come to me, and she would apologize to me. She said, well, you know he has demons. And it's, it seemed like, I don't know, but it seemed like that to me too. Because just as soon as we would sing the last song, he'd start screaming and carrying on yelling. Just yelling crazy stuff. And he did that practically up until I left there. And, uh, and so, uh, but he was born while I was there, so he, he was young, he was still young. But at any rate, uh, let's talk about this first. Now Jesus, and his disciples entered into a shield. Now, the episodes of, of these, of these messages here, you know, I, I've got, I've got a bunch of them already started on these helpless messages I'm going to preach this summer. And, and it's proven to be a blessing. It's already proven to be a blessing. You know, we, we we've had uh, one that has come and Trust the Lord as their Savior, and we had two that has come to be restored. And and so uh, that's a, uh, that's a blessing, Brother Brandon. As I went out today, Brother Brandon said, "Well, Lord is still using you." He said he's still blessing you, and I said he sure is. But he's still blessing Landmark Baptist Church too. He's still blessing Landmark Baptist Church. So his disciples, they entered into a shield. Jesus went to take a nap when it wasn't long until a great tempest arose and the ship suddenly became, became unstable. And here is one of the key things here. Disciples were afraid that the ship was going to sink. They had Jesus on board with them. They had Jesus right there with them. And they, they were afraid that the ship's going to sink. So next time you get afraid of something, you think about that. They had Jesus right there with them in person, and they were scared to death that ship was going to sink. They never thought about, well, Jesus is not going to let that happen. They never thought a thing about that. And, and here's what Jesus, uh, the disciples awoke Christ, and cried out to him for help. Jesus rebuked them from being afraid and said, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Why are you fearful? And I say that today. Why are we afraid? Why are we afraid? It's because we have very little faith. We have very little faith. I've heard people Say everything can happen. Oh, this this might happen. That might happen. This might happen. I tell Rhonda, I said that's paranoia. When you think something's going to happen, when it hasn't happened yet, 
Let, let me tell you, folks. You know, whether whether we have Jesus or not, we're still fearful as far as this world's concerned. And the devil's going to do everything he can to scare us to death. He can't do. He can't touch you. The devil cannot touch you. He cannot touch a person. If you're saved, he can't touch you. But he can sure lay some stumbling blocks before you and make you afraid. That's what those brethren have said about me. They said they're they're not going to deal with me. But they said, we're going to make his people ashamed of him. What are they going to do? They're going to lay stumbling blocks in front of me and try to make me stumble over them so you'll be ashamed of me and come to them. There's a message right here, right there, in that very thing that Jesus said, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? There's a message right there for every one of us in this building today. That's a message. That one, those few words are a message to us. Why are we fearful of the times, the troubles, and the turmoil? Why? Why are we fearful of that? I remember old, old brother Pressure, uh, Preston, uh, not Pressure, Preston, I can't remember Preston, brother Preston, he used to visit with me all the time. He was an old fellow. I was just a young preacher. He used to drive to Cynthiana to visit with me. He was a member of the Grace Baptist Church in Georgetown, Kentucky. He used to drive to Cynthia and visit with me. And he's the one that this guy stuck a gun right up to his head and said, what's going to happen if I pull this trigger? Brother, brother, brother Press said, well, they called him Press. Brother Press said, well, let me tell you something. Before I hit the ground, I'll be in heaven. What about you? Guy had the gun right there. I was, I was with him. Guy had the gun right there to brother, brother Press's head. And brother Press said, I'll be in heaven before I hit the ground. What about you? And he witnessed to him why the guy had the gun up to his head. I had the same thing happen to me with the fellow that drew a shotgun on me. I, I walked away from his house witnessing to him. And had grit in my teeth. I was waiting on that, waiting on something to hit me. But why? Why are we afraid? Why we cannot trust Jesus is that Jesus, that he's going to take care of us is a great mystery. For all of us have put our trust in him to save us now. In the future, and in the future, we put our trust in it. He's not only going to save us now, but he's going to save us in the future when we need it. Save us from what? Turmoil, from troubles, and from the times that we live in. He's going to save us from those things. Oh, it's, I like what Carmen says, you know. Car- Car- Carmen said... Uh, we were talking one time, Carmen said, well, maybe the Lord will come back before we have to face it. Huh. That's, that's good. Because there's some things we may have to face in this life that we'll wish that the Lord would come back before we have to face them. Terrible things. The mystery. He does 
Jesus claimed, Jesus calmed the water of the sea despite their fears and their unbelief. He does the same today in spite of our fears and our gross unbelief. He does the same thing today. When the ship survived to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes near a cemetery called Gadara, to the other, uh, he there met him, according to Matthew, two men, according to Mark and Luke, one man. But at any rate, they were so possessed with devils, and, and, and they lived in a cemetery that men were so afraid of them that they would not go by the place for fear of them. Now, when you have to go live in a cemetery, you're in bad shape. When you can't live among sane people, you're in bad shape. These men, if there were three of them, these men were in bad shape. Or, yeah, three of them. Or two of them. These men were in bad shape. They really were. They were in bad shape. Yes, most conclude that there are people, even today, who are like these men. There's people living today, or not, not living now, but they were just like these men. <clears throat> you know who they were? Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeff, Jeffrey Dahmer, if you remember, some of you, some of you too young to remember, He's the one that killed all those people and ate them. He cooked them and ate them. Now, if, you, if that's not somebody possessed with the devil, I'll never be, I'll never know what it's like. Ted Bundy was a well-educated man, like, like all you well-educated in here, but he liked to kill college girls. And he killed several of them. They finally put him, they finally put him, they executed him in Florida, and Illinois executed Jeffrey Balmer. Dahmer, I believe Dahmer, baby does. These were men that were possessed with the devil. You'll say, are there any more of them out there? You better believe they are. And <laughs> they're out there. They're out there today. You meet them on the road. You meet them. You go to Disney World. You meet them. You go here. You go there. You meet them. Just like uh, the mayor said to me one time. He said, I look someday for somebody to come right in. Hardy's here and start shooting. Because he said that's, that's always possible in this day and time in which we live. You hear of it. You hear it. Why would anybody deliberately kill a police officer knowing they're going to get the death penalty? They got to be possessed. They're possessed. Why would people do what they do? They're possessed. Those two I spoke of, they lived within the last 50 years. These men that Jesus met wanted to get rid of the demons as when the demons met Jesus, they wanted out of them. 
They couldn't get out of him. Think about that for a moment. The man, the men wanted the demons out of them, but the demons wanted out of them. Neither could happen. They could find no one that could remove the demons from them. And they, they really didn't believe that Jesus could do it. They met Jesus. What was the first thing they said to him? They said, have you come to persecute us before our time? And, and that's when Jesus told them to get out of them. He said, get out of them. And the demons left. And these men became citizens again. They became citizens again. Now, if you'll notice what the Bible says, what did one of them do immediately when the Lord cast the demons out of them? Now, listen to me. They were naked. They were running around. They were running around through the cemetery naked. What did they do? They put clothes on. (laughs) What about today? What's it going to take to make people put their clothes back on today? Those people today rather run around half naked than to have clothes on. I'm just telling you, I'm just an old preacher. We got children that rather be naked than to have all their clothes on. Even Emily told me one time, she calls me every morning. Emily told me one time, she said, I'm worried about Rachel. I said, what's that? She said, we won't leave any clothes on her. She said, she wants to take them off. They put clothes on. And when they went back to tell the people what had happened to them, they, people couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. it, it is, this the, is this the one that was in the cemetery the way they were? Look at him. He's cleaned up. He's got clothes on. Look at him. That was a testimony in itself. Now, I'm not, I'm not too far been closed. <clears throat> if we are to understand these helpless maniacs, we must see the burden Satan puts on lost people to keep them in his camp. What was the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church? He said, some of you won't hear the gospel because Satan is your God and he won't let you. That's not anything against sovereign grace because when sovereign grace steps in, he, they're going to hear it and don't make difference what it is. But he told some of them, he said, God, Satan is your is your father, he well he told them in John, but he also told them there, said said he's a God of this world and and he hides the gospel from his work from his world. These men can no could, could no more get free of their burden as a lost person can no more get free of his burden. They can no more get free of their burden than a lost man get free of his burden. There's nothing you can do that will take 
that burden away from you, that burden of sin that you have and that is, is bringing you down, that's going to send you to hell someday, there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. Oh, you might say, I'll start going to church. That's not going to get rid of it. You might say, well, I'll, I'll get baptized. That's not going to get rid of it. You might say, well, I'll go join a church. That's not going to get rid of it. The only thing that's going to get rid of it is if the Holy Spirit convicts you and, 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 and washes you and cleanses you in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way you're going to get rid of your sin. That is, that makes you guilty. The only way. One of the men was named Legion. For he had legions, that is, multitude of demons. A multitude of demons. It is amazing how calm and collective Jesus was in talking to the maniacs. Have you ever tried to talk to a crazy person? I know some of you think everybody's crazy. Some of you think I'm crazy when you talk to me. You ever tried to talk to a crazy, a real crazy person? I may act crazy sometimes, but I don't think I am. You ever talked to one? I did. I did. I talked to a black boy at the Veterans Hospital in Dublin. One of the nurses told me, I stopped at his bed, and one of the nurses came to me and took me by the arm, and she said, don't try to talk to him. So he's crazy. Well, that made me want to talk to him even more. And I walked up to the foot of the bed. He started screaming. Oh! Oh, the devil! The devil's here! And I said, what's wrong with you? He said, I've got these voices in my head. These voices in my head are telling me what to do and what not to do. And he said, these voices are telling me you're the devil. I don't know whatever happened to him, but I told him. I said, listen, there is one that can take those voices out of your head. That's Jesus. I said, Jesus can take those voices out of your head. You have to trust him. And oh, he was grabbing his head, talking about the voices in his head. And when I walked away, finally, that nurse came up to me and said, I told you he's crazy. But she said, I appreciate you stopping there and trying to talk to him because she said, nobody will. I don't know whatever happened to him. Lord may have saved the boy. Who knows? But I did get to witness to him. You might think, well, that boy was in Vietnam or somewhere like that. No, he wasn't. He wasn't even never been, never been in the military. The Veterans Hospital was the only place that would take him and put him there because of his condition. I asked him when when he quit screaming and carrying on. I asked him. I said, "Well, were you in the military?" I thought maybe. He'd got a napalm bomb or something that hit close to him and messed him up. And he looked at me, no, 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 no. And he, he started talking about that. And then I asked one of the nurses, I said, he told me he was never in the military. She said he wasn't. And she told me why he was there. She said, we're the only place that would take him and get him in off the streets. That's an awful thing. 
What if you woke up in the morning like that? Some people said, well, I feel terrible when I wake up. What if you woke up like that? They couldn't be, there's, there's nothing that can be any worse than waking up like that. How you know how I know? Because my sister woke up like that. My sister held on to her head and cried and carried on about, she called them the demons that was in her head that was telling her things. Her, her daughter told me, said, I said, I prayed that God would take those away from her. Only way they, only way they settled her down, they gave her enough stuff that it put her in a coma. And she died like that. Now I'm not saying she had demons, I don't know. But let me tell you folks, what if you woke up like that? Some may say it is crazy for you to talk to him, this, this fella in the first place. But I want to testify today that a preacher named Jim, Jim Jeffries once took time to talk to a crazy young man. How's a crazy young man? Do anything. Do anything. Even drive up the steps of a church and would let people out. Crazy. But that man came and sat down and talked to me. And the Lord saved me. Took all of that away from me. And I'm telling you folks, next person you think's crazy, you better sit down and talk to them. Or they may just be lost. And I'm going to say this before I close. You might say that I don't think people are crazy just because they're not saved. I ask you, why not? If you're here today and not saved, you're doing a crazy thing by not listening to this message. That's a crazy thing. May God save you and give you a sound mind, what he says, give you a sound mind of which lost people don't have. A lost man doesn't have a sound mind. There's a lot of people who profane to be saved don't have sound minds. All right, let's form a circle.